motherhood ain't sexy, y'all. I don't care if you're in the throes of parenting right now, your own children, or if you're reparenting yourself, there is nothing sexy about it. I don't know if you even know much about reparenting. I talked about it in the last episode, but basically what it is, is it's healing and growing from your past emotional wounds by learning to care for yourself in a way that you may not have experienced as a child, which this sounds really great in theory, because it's essentially just giving yourself what you needed that you didn't receive when you were younger. And it sounds awesome. Here's the problem. Your nervous system only knows what's familiar. That's what your nervous system knows is safe. So if you want to start giving your body or doing things for yourself, doing good things for yourself, getting support, healing and growing and caring for yourself in new ways, and you have no data for that being safe and safe, meaning it's what we know, it's familiar, we know what to expect, we can predict outcomes, we know it keeps us in belonging with the tribe that we've always belonged to. Those are all indicators of safety, not actually how does this actually feel to me? What is my actual experience in this? When we begin to want to introduce the idea of caring for ourselves in a new way, our inner critic, man, she's going to come up. She's going to come up strong. She's going to be like, who are you to do that? What are you thinking? Good luck with that. Or that's so frivolous to do those things. Whose voice is that? It might sound like a familiar voice. Maybe it's someone in your family who spoke to you like that when you were a child, when you used to be whimsical and playful and adventurous. Maybe you were shut down. Maybe you were shamed. So there's a familiar voice that speaks back almost like a shut off valve immediately. As soon as you step towards something, your nervous system from old data is like, don't do that. Back up. Or you have just so much unfamiliarity around it that it's just scary to begin with, to start to care for yourself in a new way. That's why I say it's not sexy because of the idea of caring for yourself in ways you'd interceive sounds so sweet, but you start listening, talking about it or doing it. I guarantee you those little clowns, that game that pop up and you have to pop them down or hit them down with the mallet, that's what's going to happen. Your inner critic's going to come up and it's going to be like, don't do that. Or your people pleaser is going to come up and don't hear me say that I'm talking about managing thoughts because that is not what I do here. This is not about change your thought or just choose a better thought feeling or just practice thinking a better thought when you're wanting to care for yourself. This is noticing and attuning. Oh my goodness, this is hard for me. It's hard for me to think about reparenting myself or to actually practice the act of caring for myself because there's some energy suckers or some sensations in my body that feel really, really uncomfortable when I step towards something that's good for me. Because maybe there's some fear. Maybe there's some judgment of myself. Like I'm undeserving of this. Because if I was deserving of it, then shouldn't I received it as a child to begin with? So who am I to want for better? I was talking to a client about this this week. As a mother who is trying to reparent herself at the same time, she said, okay, I get the idea of reparenting my inner child. I can sit and I can look back and I can get curious about what she needed. But the reason that it's hard for me to practice reparenting is because I'm not doing a good enough job or she doesn't feel like she's doing a good enough job with her children currently as a mother. So she's dealing with 
the shame of not being the kind of mother she wants to be. So therefore, she's not able to fully open up and allow herself to be reparented because if she's not doing a good enough job for her kids, then why should she allow herself to receive care that she didn't get as a child herself? And it's so interesting because it's such a catch-22. The thing she actually needs is care and support and attunement and compassion and nurturing and love and more self-energy on board. If she has those things and those things are safe, then guess what? She's going to grow her window of tolerance and she's probably going to show up differently as a mother. She's like, I'm not able to get curious in the moment when her kids are acting out or showing behaviors that just frustrate her. She's like, I'm not able to get curious. I just want to shut it down. Curiosity is not available in survival. So if you're mothering yourself and you're mothering actual children, you can access curiosity when you're looking back because those threats are no longer present But when we're in the trenches of mothering, she's a military wife. And so she's doing this day in and day out by herself. You're not able to access curiosity because the threats are still present. When we talk about it that way, like, okay, my kids are a threat. No, the sounds, the labor, the non-reciprocal relationship of motherhood. Motherhood is not a reciprocal relationship, especially if we don't have a partner right beside us doing the work and the labor with us in the trenches. And so a non-reciprocal relationship is a signal of danger to our nervous system when we're overwhelmed and we're overburdened. So she's trying to access these higher cognitive functions like curiosity and problem solving, but yet her nervous system is in a state of survival and survival is literally move away from the threat, escape, outrun, play dead or numb out. When we're in survival, that's what we do. Just like all mammals, that's how we're biologically created. And we have this higher brain to do this higher thinking, but that's not online. We don't have access to that in survival mode. So where we practice that is when we're not in threat. When we're talking about caring for ourselves or reparenting ourselves, looking at when can threats be removed and when can safety be added in? So that's what I told her. This is not a time to get curious and look at what's the root of everything and why am I thinking these things? And no, it's simply a time to see your body and go, oh my goodness, this is too much for me. Where can threats be removed and what safety can be added? Those are your only two questions, because the more you attune to yourself and acknowledge yourself, the more safe, hopefully, your body is going to feel. And that is simply what you needed as a child, was someone to see you and say, how are you feeling? What's going on? Are you scared? What do you need? And so in those moments of feeling like a failure as a mother or in in anything, at work or in a relationship, simply acknowledging what threats can be removed, what safety can be added when I'm ready. So maybe our phone is a threat because we're comparing ourselves to all these Instagram accounts who make motherhood look like it is this magical fairy tale 24-7, 365, and that we need to just cherish this time. And this is all we have. And we only have 18 summers and all of this stuff. No, I, I hope that I do a good enough job with my kids that they want to come around after 18 summers and they want to hang out with me. 
So I'm not going to buy into scarcity. I'm going to show up in this moment and look at what do I need and what do they need and how can I support myself while I'm supporting them. I want to model for my kids what it looks like to take care of myself. I never really saw a woman take care of herself because motherhood will martyr the heck out of you if you aren't aware of the response patterns playing out. You will become the victim to motherhood. That is just your inner child who was a victim at one time. Those are her old thought patterns. It's that little girl inside of us who wasn't seen, who wasn't heard, who didn't feel important. Motherhood can martyr us all the way back to that. Just the simple act of saying, okay, what do I need? And how can I meet that need? And even if it's just removing my phone, removing a threat, if it's just picking up the toys off the floor and then looking and taking a deep breath and looking, okay, what safety can I add? Could I add music? Do I need a drink of water? When are times that I can sit and journal? Just sitting in your chair as a mother with your cozy slippers and your pajamas and your candle lit for 10 minutes. I mean, gosh, that feels like luxury, luxury to sit for 10 minutes in silence and quiet and writing your thoughts down on a piece of paper and just looking ahead. Where is there space for this in my week? If that's something that gives you life, right? The reason all this is so important is because the very thing that we need is the very thing that our inner critic is going to hold us back from doing. The thing I want you to remember is when you're in the trenches of mothering, I want you to think about a football player when they're on the field playing football they're not watching the game tape at the same time. They're simply looking at where are the threats, where can we escape the threats, and how can we execute? And half the time, they can't execute. And they're getting paid millions of dollars. Then later, they go watch the game tapes and they see where they could have changed or where they could have done different. And so I want you to look at yourself like that. This whole idea that you need to be perfect 100% of the time, it's not true. We only have to parent 30% of the time with attunement to create secure attachment with our kids. Just like football, the task is very simple, but it's hard to execute. We have to realize it's because our nervous system is under threats. All the more reason that you need to make the time. And if you can't do it, hire support to help you figure it out. Just like if you can't figure out how to do macros or work out a certain way, you go and hire support. If you can't figure out how to highlight your own hair and like it, you go and hire a stylist. There are people that can help you not change your behavior and how you show up, but in how you care for yourself in the middle of one of the most physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally taxing seasons of your life. And what's so interesting, I'll end with this, is this client that I'm speaking of, her husband's actually in the military. I think I said that. We just got talking. He is a deployed soldier right now. He is deployed. And he has more downtime as a deployed soldier for our country than she does as a mother. Let that sink in. And there is no parade when she gets home at the end of the day. There is no celebration for her work. And the amount of overwhelm to her nervous system, the intensity is greater in the sense of how much time it is spent in overwhelm. So... Whoever told you that doing nice things for yourself is frivolous and wrong and bad, whatever messaging you got from a parent, from a grandparent, from just society in general, that doing nice things for yourself is frivolous or wrong, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about how a mother has less downtime than a deployed soldier. And I know that's not true in every situation, 
But that gives me chills. My question is, when will you be worth caring for? When will your inner child be worth receiving nurturing? When will your body be worthy of compassion? Because you're all you have. You are the only person that can take care of you as good as you can. And I know it's hard. I remember always being someone who saw life differently than the hard, rigid lines of survival of my family. And my stepdad would always just kind of shake his head and say, I pity the fool that marries that girl. And he would say it in an endearing way because he always referred to me as a princess and he would look at me like that. But that messaging is like, well, something must be wrong with me. I'm carrying a story that doesn't even belong to me. And I look at how my lineage looks at play and adventure and fun, and it doesn't exist. And so for me to want that, I'm different. And to our nervous system, different is bad because different is not what got us here. And it's not how we survive. And it's not how we belong to the tribe. Part of stepping into care and attunement for ourselves is radically accepting that other people might disapprove of how we do that. And when we say no and how we show up for ourselves, that's another layer of fear that can come in because it threatens our belonging. But when we're able to bring more self-energy on board and create trust and safety for our own selves, the judgment of others gets a little bit less scary because our body gets to see how good it can actually feel and how No one was harmed by us taking care of ourselves and we're actually okay. If it's frivolous to take care of yourself, then I want to be that. I actually looked up the definition of frivolous and words like childlike and whimsical and playful and light were on the list. As far as antonyms went, those were the the opposite of frivolous. And I was like, I want to be all of those things. I want to be light. I want to be lighthearted. I want to be childlike. I want to be playful. I want to be whimsical. Synonyms of frivolous were things like serious, rigid, staunch. And I don't want to be those things. If I can look at the thing that I always was as a child, whimsical, and allow myself just 1% more opportunity to be that now, that's healing my inner child. That's showing her that she has a seat at the table Because if we don't give our inner child a seat at the table, she will weasel her way in to sitting in the CEO seat of our mothering and our relationships and our marriages. The inner child's tantrums or behaviors like fixing everyone else's problems for them, taking care of everyone else because we're afraid of our own reality not being dependent on somebody else's reality that inner child will find her way to run the show of our life. So if we don't make time for her and parent her, she will make sure that she is seen because she's scared to death and she just needs somebody to see her. That's it. So we're going to keep this conversation going in the next episode, but I hope that this got you thinking a little bit more about ways that you can reparent yourself. And again, reparenting is allowing opportunities for care in a way that you didn't receive as a child. 
How beautiful is that? Also, I hope today in the motherhood is not sexy idea that this gives you words to speak to the nuances and the complexities of how it actually feels to do the work of motherhood or reparenting. Because you can have your self-help group who makes reparenting look so easy and so like beautiful, like you're sitting by a river every day, bathing yourself in flower petals. That ain't it. Or your Instagram influence mom group making motherhood look like it is a Disney movie and it is not that. And so I hope that this speaks to the complexities of how it actually feels to do the work. In the complexities of the work, I hope you can give yourself permission to ask yourself, what do I need? And then have the support and the energy to take action toward that thing that you need. Whatever it is, even if it's just picking up the phone and talking to a friend about it, even if it's just driving to a park and sitting there for 30 minutes and looking at the trees, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be complicated. What do you need? What threat can be removed? What safety can be added? That's your homework for today. And I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Golden Hour podcast. I feel like you just came into my living room. We kicked our shoes off, got cozy and had a cup of coffee together. I hope you did too. If you want to keep this conversation going or you're looking for more information about the work that I do in my coaching containers, you can find everything in the show notes at the bottom. Of course, y'all, let's connect on Instagram at Becca Gaskin and shoot me a DM if something in this podcast resonated with you. I would love to hear so much. Don't forget, there will never be another you and no one, I mean, no one can take care of you as good as you can. You don't have to be rescued. You have everything that you need. I love you more than coffee and I'll see you next time.